Blog Talk Radio. Slight delay on the British ladies' part, but that's all right. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Tom Bridge from the District Sports page on the line. Coming to you after a 6-4 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks in the opener of the four-game set in the nation's capital. The Nationals are back home, but the losing hasn't stopped. They dropped their fourth straight tonight. Tom, we'll start with the man on the mound. Doug Fister gets a start for the Nationals in the first of four with the D-backs. Earned his first win in over a month with a solid start against the Marlins last time out. Four and six on the year, four three nine ERA, four three six FIP, two ninety one, three forty two, four fifty two line against though. It's pretty high. Uh, Eighty innings pitched this season before tonight. Two and two, three eight oh ERA, three nine seven FIP, and forty two and two thirds in National Park where he has a two seventy three, three thirty, four oh seven line against. Two and a half scoreless to start, but he leaves a 3-1 fastball up for Nick Ahmed, who lines it out to left, one nothing there. First pitch changeup, 0-1 sinker, two more home runs in the fourth. First one, a two-run blast, so it's 4 nothing at that point. A sack fly by A.J. Pollock in the fifth makes it 5 nothing. Once again, Doug Fister thought we had improved a little bit last time out. He said he felt better about his mechanics, but up again in the zone and hit hard again tonight. Ends up giving up. Eight hits, three of them home runs, five runs, no walks at least, PA positive, but six Ks on the night, 111 pitches total on the evening, and just not a nice outing from Doug Fister here, and Sinker's not sinking once again. Well, this is not the time of year for the Sinker to be working. The Sinker works great in the spring and in the fall, but in the summer it ends up hanging up. That's just physics, ladies and girls. Uh, and they are just not playing. He just it just wasn't working tonight at all for him. I think all three of them were shinker ballers that just hung up there a little bit, like juicy meatballs, and uh, ended up as souvenirs for the evening. And uh, as as tough as it is to see Fister, a pitcher who's been you know really lights out in previous seasons, boy, he is not having a good year. Uh, you know, four point six ERA as you were mentioning as after tonight. Uh, where he gives up five earned runs and on eight hits, and you know he at least m- manages not to walk anybody and manages to get six strikeouts. But you know, for a, a solid ground ball pitcher to be giving up three fly ball three fly ball outs and making up thirty seven percent of his uh, of his ground ball fly ball ratio, not a solid outing. And, and you got to wonder at what point the Nationals have to start thinking about what his future is with the organization. As in, does he maybe not start? part of the rest of the season. Dave Nichols and I discussed this uh, a few nights back after uh, Joe Roth's start and both agreed that there's no way basically they're going to move Doug Fister out of the rotation for Roth. At least we don't think so, but maybe tonight changes something. But Steven Strasburg made his second rehab start tonight, five and two-thirds, five hits, two runs allowed, 11 Ks, 85 pitches. That's what they wanted to get him up to, so his next start would be you know, a pitch count that would reasonably could be taken in the major leagues. So he's expected to come back, uh, assuming there's no problems or hiccups after tonight's start. But I'll just get your opinion on it. I I, I don't know. I just basically don't think it's ever going to happen. But I hate asking for starting a question that I don't think is well, a simple answer. But do you think that any chance Doug Fister ends up on the DL, keep Joe Ross in the rotation, Steven Strasburg comes back? Boy, I, I 
I'd be hard pressed not to. I mean, I know that there are a lot of things that the uh, ownership group and uh, the uh, uh, front office has to deal with in terms of moving a player to the DL. Um, I know that they've got to have their consent, for example. Uh, and I can see Fister in a contract year coming back and saying, "No, I'm not done yet. Uh, keep throwing, keep rolling me out there every every fifth night." Uh, but as good as Joe Ross has been, it's hard not to argue that Joe Ross is the better pitcher right now. And with Strasburg coming back, especially after a healthy outing like tonight, where his fastball is up to 97 miles an hour, uh, if I've got to choose two between Fister, Strasburg, and Ross, I know which two, two I'm choosing, and Doug Fister's on the losing end there. Yeah, I, I'll i be shocked if I see it, let's put it that way. I, I just can't imagine they're going to oh, sit a better. I'm not expecting it to happen. Right, exactly. That's why I was trying to premise my question without giving you no way wiggle room out of there, but essentially I don't see it happening, though. I think a good argument could be made for Joe Ross being a better starter right now. Uh, Nationals obviously rely on track record with a lot of their players, which we'll get to in a couple minutes too, but there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks about how all the starters they're facing, they saw Granke, they saw Kershaw, they saw the Mets guys two times each with their top three, so not completely surprising that the offense struggled against them, but Tonight we've got Zach Godley on the mound, acquired from the Cubs this past winter in the Miguel Montero deal. Was nine and four with a two six two ERA and eighty nine in the third inning pitch in the minors at high A and double A before he was called up. Two and zero oh in two starts, two two five ERA, four four two fit, six scoreless, two walks, six Ks tonight. Not exactly one of the aces that I mentioned previously here that Nationals have faced recently, but the same results. The offense struggle. It's just three hits, two walks, uh, six Ks total for Godley. He gets the win, third win in three starts, one five zero ERA on the year now. Just surprising the Nationals couldn't figure him out. Granted, he had some nice movement on his pitches, and they haven't seen him before, but you'd think the Nationals would be able to mount something against this guy. Boy, the way that this offense has been playing lately, it's not exactly surprising they only had three hits through eight innings. And Godley was effective tonight at getting his pitch when he needed it. And he was working. He also got a very generous strike zone from the from the home plate umpire tonight. And uh, it was really difficult to see at times, uh, especially two nights in a row. Um, but, yeah, Brian Gorman was giving him the wide zone tonight, and there were many pitches far outside the strike zone that ended up getting called strikes. Um, at some point, you got to you, you got kind of got to wonder if maybe it's time for those machines. Um, I have certainly come around a lot on those this year, and uh, especially given the the replay environment. Um, but it's it's about time that we started thinking about uh, uh, improvements to the game that can maybe make the officiating a little less. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Problematic. <laughs> Subjective, maybe. Subjective strike zones yeah. are everyone's frustration. <laughs> Dave Nichols, are you there? there? Strike zones. That's a good word, yes. Mr. Nichols, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Dave. We no, uh, brought up Doug Hi, Dave. That's all right. We brought up the Doug Fister question again after this start and what you saw tonight. Any chance he's out of this rotation with the Joe Ross thing? Or are you sticking to what we talked about a couple of days after Ross's start that neither of us, Tom, either thinks that uh, there's any chance Fister's going out, though there's a good argument for it? Well, yeah, there is a good argument for it because he's not been very effective. Um, again, this all boils down to the fact that uh, the Nats can't score any runs, so every mistake that they make um, is magnified, whether it's physical, mental, managerial, it all gets magnified. And 
if the Nats were scoring four and a half runs a game, which, you know, if you looked at this offense historically, it was certainly capable of doing that, then Fister's, you know, 420, 430 ERA wouldn't be that damaging. At least you'd be in a ball, ball game with it. But um, that's just not happening. He's, the Nats aren't scoring any runs. Fister's giving up more run, more runs than the Nats can, can, can manage, and uh, he keeps suffering for it. The, the other point is that this is not the Doug Fister that we are accustomed to seeing, that the Doug Fister that, um, that was effective um, last year, the year before last, generated ground balls, and, and he's just not doing that this year. To call Doug Fister um, a sinker ball pitcher or ground ball pitcher this year is simply a fallacy. Um, he is giving up uh, fly balls at a rate higher than major league average. He is generating ground balls at a rate lower than major league average. So he is no longer a ground ball pitcher. Any guy that only throws 87, 88 miles an hour um, is going to give up some home runs. They are going to, it's going to turn into batting practice. Major league hitters uh, will square up uh, an 88 mile an hour fastball and, and, and hit it out of the park. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Yeah, when it's down in the zone, it's one thing. It's a lot more difficult to square it up when it's down in the zone, and he has the movement he usually has, but he doesn't have the movement. He's throwing a flat sinker at 88 miles an hour and just getting teed off on repeatedly. But as you mentioned, it doesn't help that the offense isn't helping out. Tom, they uh, went scoreless through eight before they rallied at the end. Michael Taylor came into this game after an 0-for-12 series in New York where he had nine Ks. Wilson Ramos started the night 0-for-16 they both came through with hits in that final inning there. Michael Taylor with a double that drove in a run. Wilson Ramos with a single that drives in a run. Good signs from both of them. Taylor was on one. Ramos is going up the middle. Matt Williams says repeatedly that that's what you see from him, but it was a little too little too late for the Nationals. Ryan Zimmerman home run made it 6-1. to one. Uh, Wilson Ramos drove in that run with a single 6-2. to two. Taylor's double drove in two 6-4, but Brad Ziegler came on to shut him out. Jason Worth grounds out. UNL Escobar flies out, and the Nets drop their fourth straight. That is sort of a question. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Well, Bridge. I'm sorry. I missed a question there. There was no question. It was just a statement of fact. <laughs> well, you know, as excitement goes, that's certainly a big a big inning for them and the kind of inning that you've been used to seeing from the Nationals in about the second or the third inning when they can start to really kind of make the line move, really force the issue against the opposing team. But tonight, too little, too late. And Ziegler comes on and shuts down, uh, you know, the, the end of the game there, gets worth to – ground out softly, and uh, gets uh, Escobar to fly out uh, into foul territory. And, you know, he does his job, unlike our our erstwhile closer this evening. Um, But, you know, it it comes down to the bats at the end of the night. You can get upset about Papelbon letting letting the Diamondbacks tack one on there in the ninth, even though he's just working for for work's sake. And... Uh, but you know it, that one's just gonna it's, it's gonna stick in my craw a little bit. <laughs> Dave coming off the three game sweep at the hands of the Mets in City Field. The Nationals are tied for first coming into this game. Now the Mets are blowing out the Marlins. Thanks Marlins, and they're about to take over first place in the NL East later in this se- in the season than I think since 2007 or 2008, according to what they were saying last night. Uh, you'd hope for a little bit of life here from the Nationals. Granted, they got in at 3 o'clock last night. I'm just making excuses for them at this point, but they came out pretty lifeless in a game they really could have used to win. Well, you know, here's the thing. This is a very veteran team, and 
you know, people talk about being lifeless and whatever, and, and this team doesn't show a whole lot of emotion um, on most occasions. Uh, you kind of you kind of appreciate that even keelness at times, but um, it, it's time it's time for this team to get going. I mean, um, you talked about making excuses, making excuses beginning at three o'clock in the morning. Well, that stuff happens. I, every day in, in the major leagues. And, um, you know, they, they just have to find a way to produce. I mean, other teams are finding a way to produce when they get in at 3 o'clock in the morning, and um, and this this team isn't. And this team isn't finding ways to produce, period. I mean, um, you know, you look up and down the, the, the batting order, and, you know, there's just there's just holes everywhere. You know, we're, we keep we keep hearing that, that, that Ryan Zimmerman is going to come around. And, 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 and to be fair, uh, Zimmerman's got a couple of home runs since he came back, but um, we keep hearing to hear that Jason Worth is going to come around. We keep waiting for Anthony Rendon to come around, and he had a three-hit night the other night. But, um, you know, this team is still being killed by uh, Ian Desmond, Wilson Ramos. I mean, these are guys that the team depended on to produce this year. Um, neither one of them have. It's just it's tough to um, it's tough to continue to watch them flail and flail, and, and, and tonight, um, if you're grasping at straws to feel good, yeah, they scored four runs in the ninth inning, but, um, you know, that was when the game was out of hand, and uh, it's just they have to be more competitive earlier in the ballgame. They have to find a way to produce some offense. Uh, the Arizona starter, Godley, I mean, you know, this is a guy that you should be able to produce against, and they flailed away against him much like they did against the Grom and Syndergaard and, and et cetera, Nauseam, you know, uh, all the way back for the last three weeks. As I was watching that rally in the ninth, it's excited I was that they were at least making a game of it late in the game. All I kept thinking was that this just gives them an excuse to say, hey, we never quit, but falling behind 6 nothing early doesn't make that any better when you end up losing 6-4. to four. But a nice rally at the end at least. Tom, we got some good news beforehand. At least uh, David Carpenter cleared to start throwing again on the DL with a shoulder issue. Denard's fan resumed baseball activities this uh, weekend. Possibly be back soon, though. I still don't think they're putting a date on that or any guesstimate on when he could actually return. The Nationals are 35 and 24 with fan in the lineup. He's certainly been a difference maker this year and put up good numbers all year long. You see him replacing Michael Taylor and actually making a difference when he comes back here. Could fan be the spark plug the Nationals need? I I hope so, but. He- it would deprive me of the ability to uh, you know, add Michael A plus Taylor to my tweet regime. Uh, <laughs> I would certainly be happy to see Denard Span be uh, back in the lineup, if only because there are rare spots when uh, when Span goes maybe you know over twelve with nine strikeouts, for example. Uh, it would be. Uh, a huge coup for the Nationals to get him back. I, I have real questions about his health in the long run. Uh, and his back spasms this year have been a serious issue. And those aren't things that just go away. Those are things that you kind of have to deal with day in, day out. And the Nationals have proved inadept at dealing with those particular situations. And, uh, you know, it, it, it points to a real struggle with it the Nationals training staff at all year in terms of keeping their players healthy. And, you know, it, it, it looks outside as if they have a real problem, and it looks like they have had a problem for several years running. And Span's departure for most of the season has been a, a significant black eye for that training staff. And I know that they want nothing more than to get him back in. My worry is that they rush him back. 
Dave, you wouldn't know it because you haven't seen him in about a week now, but Danny Espinosa, I'm sorry, is actually healthy. Um, it's been a subject on Twitter, and more than a few people have mentioned it. Our writer, Jim Myrick, uh, mentioned it in a story the other day, but essentially the Nationals' second-best hitter the whole first half of the season while everyone was out. Everyone comes back healthy, Rendon's back, Zimmerman's back, Worst back, and all of a sudden Anthony, uh, Danny Espinosa hasn't done more than pitch hit in a week now, not getting any starts. They're not working into the lineup. I guess you can make an argument that you want to give the guys that are returning as many ABs as possible, but these guys could use some rest as well. And I'm kind of surprised at this point, and I think more than a few people are, that we just haven't seen Danny Espinosa at all. Well, it's sad on a couple levels. First of all, it's sad that Danny Espinosa was the second most productive hitter in the match order of the first <laughs> half of the season. It's also sad that we're here clamoring for a guy hitting 250. Um, nothing, to take nothing away from Danny Espinosa and the Danny Espinosa renaissance that's happened this year, uh, he has uh, proven that healthy he can be a contributing member to a ball club, um, being able to play two or three different positions and um, and contribute with the bat on occasion when asked about it. Um, but the bottom line is that 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 he's not um, he should not be a starter on this team. I mean, Anthony Rendon, uh, Ian Desmond, um, uh, you know, Yunel Escobar. I mean, these are the guys that the Nats signed to be starters. They're signed to be starters on a championship caliber uh, ball club, um, and and. And it's just not happening. I mean, they're not getting the level of production. Um, short of Harper and and Escobar, they're not getting the type of production that they need out of anybody. So, um, obviously, um, Espinosa showed, uh, you know, some pop, um, you know, and, and that makes that makes fans yearn to get him in the lineup again. But they're not going to live and die with, with Danny Espinosa in the lineup. They've got to live and die with Anthony Rendon and, you know, Escobar and Ian Desmond in the lineup. And the problem is right now they are dying. Uh, Ian Desmond is a black hole of offense. Uh, Wilson Ramos isn't much better. Um, uh, Jason Worth hasn't hasn't done anything since he returned. I mean, these are the guys that they have to count on, and they're not producing. And if the Nationals uh, don't find a way to get some production out of these guys, um, they're going to watch the Mets win this division and not make the playoffs. I'll just qualify that I'm not necessarily clamoring. I know you're not referring to my my claims directly. Not clamoring for Danny. No, 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 not at all. I've been on record stating I think he's a great utility player and would be perfect in that role for the Nationals for years to come. But, yes, I think it's a problem when he's playing in your lineup every day the way he's hit the last couple of years, even with his renaissance. But I just think it's mysterious that he's not getting any at-bats now. You want to keep him going after he had a decent first half and to just completely not use him for the last week is a little strange in my opinion. But maybe there's no, a reason. The well, meanwhile, they run Desmond back out there every freaking night who, you know, yeah, can't yeah. seem to uh, put a ball in play to save his own life. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, they, they were even putting Espinosa out in left field at the beginning of the season to get it back from him, and they're not even doing that now. So um, he's a part-time player. He's supposed to be a part-time player. They need to get the starters to produce. Yep. Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. The second-place Nats are now 54-50 and 50 on the year, four straight losses. They'll try to solve that problem tomorrow night in the second of four of the D-backs. Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. Tom Bridge is at, at Tom Bridge on Twitter, at Nationals DSP for Dave Nichols and the District Sports page. It's great work. At Federal Baseball for us, where you can read Doghouse's WPA post, Jim Myrick's everything he has to write. And that's all for us tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Have a good evening. Doug, how's it going, Nats?